0: From the Cats Audio Network, this is a Coach O Show with Luke Tasker.
1: Hey, Ticat fans, welcome to the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. That's me. I'm joined every week by Orlando Steinauer, Cats head coach. Coach, good to see you, man. How's everything going?
0: That's yeah, good to be seen. Uh, everything's going good now. Everything's going good. Uh, just moving forward and uh, look, looking forward to uh, Monday.
1: Yeah. Well, geez, another long week. Like there's no, there's no seven day weeks in the CFL, man. You either get four or like 12. that's, right. that's, <laughs> it's, that's the only options we have this year. I don't know. Maybe it is different this year, but, uh, and, and we got a shortened and different schedule, but it really does seem unusual this year with there's, 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 uh, games on Wednesdays. There's, this is the second time the Ticats Cats going to be playing the Argonauts on a Monday. I mean, it's a, it's pretty, pretty unusual, huh?
0: Yeah, it's been a little bit of a different schedule for us this year. But I think the one thing is, is as you know, Luke, going through this is that once the schedule's put out, you kind of circle it and you kind of uh, lay out a little bit of a template of of what it's going to be. So we do have, you know, nine and ten days uh, between these two games, but it, it's going to sneak up on us quick. And if you you look down the road a little bit further, Uh, we're going to do a couple of games where we'll just be on two-day preps. So uh, it's a little bit of give and take, but I think, uh, you know, I think players would rather play than practice, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I remember laying out that schedule or Drew would post it in the locker room and you highlight, you know, where are your your double off days? Where are you going to be able to get like a nice long night's sleep? And You know, you can can sleep in or I would head back to Buffalo for those nights. But uh, Mm -hmm. this year – this year, there's a lot of uh, different sort of schedules. Uh, what's the deal right now? The, the players aren't on the field today. I understand.
0: No, they're not on the field today, and we'll uh, we'll just meet tomorrow and uh, start digging into the game plan. Of course, uh, Toronto plays Wednesday this week, so we'll we'll wait for that film to come in and. But uh, preliminary preparation has already started, and so coaches are in, and you know everybody else is working hard. But the, the players have a uh, well deserved uh, day off here.
1: Yeah, talk to me about after that game. I mean every every season has its ebbs and flows, but this season has so evenly traded just ebb and flow, and win and loss, and we're sitting in an unbelievable position in the East Division right now, where any. I mean, to Ottawa, even Ottawa, who struggled so, so, uh, with such difficulties early on, has a chance to win two games in the next six days. I mean, it's a really unusual situation that we're in. What was the attitude like after the game? What was your message to the team?
0: I well, would just start by, uh, the attitude. The attitude was extreme disappointment. Like, let's, let's say what it was. It was a, a game that, uh, we had a great chance to control the outcome. And and we didn't. And, you know, that doesn't take any credit away from our opponent uh, for making plays. Uh, I just know uh, personally, I haven't really been involved in a game like that where I've been on the wrong end of it, to be honest with you. It's, it was definitely a new feeling. Uh, those are the games. Uh, you would know this, Luke. You, sometimes you'll you'll be watching a game and you'll say, wow, that's terrible. How could that happen? Da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden uh, you find yourself on the end of one of those And it's it's not so fun. So, uh, you know, it's not from a lack of effort or trying. Football is always going to come down to execution and they executed and and we didn't. And we had opportunities in all three phases to really uh, change the outcome of that game. But uh, very proud of, you know, obviously 19 seconds on the clock and, you know, three plays later. Uh, We're lining up for a field goal into at that point, you know, let's be honest, the wind had died down. It was a struggle that fourth quarter. It was a high wind game that most people wouldn't observe if they were in comfortable conditions or even watching on TV, but it it played a huge factor and I thought both teams did a great job with the wind scoring points. And when you're against it, boy, you saw what happened to their field goal when they kicked into the wind and it was a much shorter, a more, much shorter uh, variety. So uh, the messaging was to the team that, you know, the, the only thing is, is you can't speed up and slow down time. And that's the only way it's going to heal. Like there's, there's no really, there's no really words for an ending like that. You know, you, you prepare each week to win period. And when it doesn't happen, there's extreme disappointment. Now there's different ways to lose games. And, uh, we have a great football team, you know, they're going to take a, a huge sense of ownership. And I think that's important, um, there's kind of two levels to the whole thing. There's there's the team when you're all together with the whole organization and then there's that locker room. And you know that the locker room bond is uh, the ultimate, uh, I should say it's of the utmost importance in my opinion, having been a part of it both in coaching and playing.
1: The, the emotions after a loss at, for, as a player, I always felt like I was more comfortable that not the night of the next day, the first day of meetings, I felt like I was able to get over a loss definitely better than the fans because the fans, can't, <laughs> the fans can't control. They all, they got it. All they have to do is they can only wait until the next game. So I knew I, I, I always felt that the fans can are bitter, bitter, bitter until you get back on a winning streak as a player. It's clear. It's clear what you control. And so you watch the film and you say, I did good and I needed to fix this, or I need to control this piece of controllable, this part of the game that's controllable for me, that's what I got to do better. And you just go back to work. What, when you're a head coach, what is the emotions like? Is it, do you feel like it's out of your control? Do you feel, does it hang heavy on you? Is it, does it feel like it's more on you? What is that like for you after getting back, getting back to work after the game?
0: I think it's different each week and I'm, I'm growing too, right? There's no way that I have this, this thing figured out. I know this, that I don't get over losses probably as well as I should. And, and as, and as rapidly as I should, it, uh, it felt that way as a D coordinator, it felt that way as a DB coach, you know Um, it just hits kind of different. I do always have the big picture and I know that this game only defines it if you let it. And I feel like, players are always going to follow the lead of their leaders and so it's most important that our coaching staff and everybody that's not a player is unified and bonded and that there's you know there's belief and everything else that's built within well what the overused word culture is you got to create an environment where people want to be there willingly and I think we've done that and you know the ultimate test of is how you come back from adversity period. And that's, that's the way it is. And I've loved our response this far. I like, I was extremely frustrated, like don't get any of this twisted, you know um, it does stick with me a little bit. Um, and you know, the wins I always love cause it's, you know, it's, it's always about the players and everybody else's work. So uh, I, for me, it's, you know, it, it's just tough. Cause you, Having been a player and done it in all three phases, meaning being a DB coach and as a coordinator, you just know how hard everybody and the time and effort everybody puts in. And you're not in every game. Like there's games where you're not going to have opportunities to where it's decided early. That's just what happens, unfortunately, in this business. And when you have an opportunity like that, when they slip away, I think that's more what I'm relating to. I mean, no, no loss feels better than another. But when you actually have an opportunity. Yeah. To close the deal and you don't, um, it sticks with you different. But I'll say this in closing here is it's always self-reflection. Uh, part of your, your comment there or question was, you know, how, how do I deal with that? And for me, it's, it's always self-reflection. What could I have done? How could I have better prepared the staff? How could I better prepared the football team? And, you know, once you've kind of went through those in your mind, then you, you know, you go through it with your, your coordinators and your coaches. And, you know, if you have the right people, we don't have sit down meetings. I don't say, what were you thinking here? What were you doing? Uh, If you have the right people, and then You know, you got to allow a certain amount of grace because it's an imperfect game played by imperfect people and coached by imperfect people, which means there's going to be a mistake. So, what's our messaging? Let's make the least amount. Wow,
1: that's great. Well, I got a chance to see you as a defensive coordinator and head coach and a receiver coach for one year. Yes, sir. We, we, We were in the same room for one year. I seen endless highlights of the 1999 team and I've talked to your teammates so I know that what you could probably use is a little more grace to yourself because I know how hard you work day in day out to get ready for the win and half and like you always say half the teams in North America lose every week. Yes. That was that is a heartbreaker though and I I you know that I have a sweet spot for the snap hold and the kick and the oh, operation there. 100% <laughs> So when I and I was, I wasn't calling this game because I was out of town and um, Mike Morale was calling it with RJ Broadhead. And so I was just, I was watching it like a fan and it was awesome. And they, I could see Bertolette, you know, getting ready and lining up. And I just had goosebumps on me because I can picture Brett Maher and Justin Medlock and all, all these guys who I kicked with in that moment when you're got a chance to win the game or tie it into overtime or whatever. And this was huge. And he pounded that football. And it was, it was, I was so happy for the team and especially for that operation because it is thankless until it goes wrong. But in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know, you get the thanks and you get the, and that, and they get the spotlight. And he, he, he arose to the occasion and it just, it put the team and the special teams unit in a great light because the spot, when the spotlight found them, they were ready to go and I wish so badly that the overtime went, went something different. I was imagining him getting another chance to kick a the winner field goal in overtime, but season goes on the, uh, uh, just amazing. I'm I'm excited to be able to watch this year progress and to look back at these moments and see kind of how did the, how the 2021 team formed with some of these moments of adversity. Um, Coach, as we move forward, I wanted to go back to a question I asked you early on in the season. Uh, I had asked you if there was any young player, uh, any name that's not uh, not uh, been a tie cat for a very long time, somebody that's really impressed you. And I loved your answer at the time, which was you you believed that your group of young guys were doing a great job of buying in. They weren't being loud. They weren't you know pounding their chest or or worried so much about themselves, but they were buying into the Thai cat culture as we've moved in, into the season and we're halfway through or more than halfway through now. Is there an, is there a, a, a position group or a young guy, somebody who's really stood out to you as been, to have been a really positive part of the team this year?
0: Again, I would probably echo a lot closer to the sentiment that I did earlier. And that is, Boy, each week, you know, we, you know how we do it around here. We're going to, we're going to recognize a lot of different facets, right? Whether it's the look team. So we, we kind of refer to it now as four phases. So there's obviously offense, defense, special teams, and then there's the look team nice. because they are just as important as everybody else. And they get no love. It's kind of like, if I just can go back for a second, uh, great kick by Taylor. Unbelievable. Like pounded it. Came back from adversity himself. Missed the first kick, but what goes unnoticed is the snap, and what goes unnoticed is the hold. And I know you truly have a great appreciation for that. It'll never say "Ty Cats win" as uh, Luke Tasker gets down a great hold or great snap <laughs> by by Gordon White. It just doesn't read that way, right? It's like offensive lineman. It it never says you know uh, great blocks and Ty Cat win. That's just the way, and it's what you sign up for. And where I'm going with this is each week, you know, we pass out hard hats of what embodies Steeltown. town. So we've, we've kind of, and without fail, it's hard every week. It's been hard every week. Well, this person's deserving. Well, this person's deserving. So you say who's had a positive impact, man, it's really, I know it's a generic answer and I know, uh, you know, it doesn't make for great radio and TV, you know, that you, you want to name so that you can go look up stats and whatnot. It'd be easy to sit here and say Nick Cross did this because he's second in the league in special teams tackles. Well, that would be a disservice to Kyle Wilson and Chris Fry who are getting double teamed so that he can run down single team and, and use his gifts and, and make plays. And uh, for the people that are in less advantageous spots on the punt team where you should get less tackles and do, do it, you know, if you're a guard in there, you're just not going to get as many opportunities. And so I don't want to get too deep into the, into football talk for just the, the general people listening. But at the end of the day, I'm super proud and positive of, you know, I'm not going to sit here in line and say a hundred percent, but I'd say 90 plus percent of the people are deserving every single week of some type of recognition and I think that's what I'm most proud of yeah
1: Uh, that's great I remember the I remember every team every year there was guys everybody in the locker room knew what a big impact they were but probably most of the fans didn't know their name you get young guys on the fourth on the fourth uh, team I like I like that you guys are doing that and it and yes cliches and everybody does their part but the reason clichés are such is cuz there's truth to them so yes glad to hear that the uh that the group is is a uh, is a good one um well we've got a few more weeks left coach i'm very excited to continue to chat as the season starts to take shape and when we meet next week a uh, a lot of things will have changed in the east or will have solidified and we'll be uh uh not not only one game but in some for some teams will be two games ahead of where we are now so things are going to start picking up as we go as we go along coach love your insight appreciate you uh being candid and and letting us uh, a little a little window inside of the uh 20 2021 uh Ticats, uh team and locker room so appreciate it man have a great week and a great prep for uh for the monday uh game we'll see you up there
0: thanks luke always a pleasure buddy thanks man The Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Like, subscribe, and find out what Coach is thinking every Tuesday.